Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. Yeah, my patron peeps. I just pulled up my ankle socks, patrons. Uh, well, hold on. I got to my, I pulled up one ankle sock. There, I just pulled up the other one. So these laws are brought to you by extra high ankle socks. Just realize they're calf socks, two patrons. They're not ankle socks, because how could you pull those up? Yet another mistake by Scoots uh, that you empower. Thanks, patrons, and let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Uh, we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed and turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's the thoughts, the feelings, uh, physical sensations. So is anything you're thinking about, anything physically coming up for you that you're experiencing or emotionally coming up for you, uh, it could be changes in time or temperature or routine, whatever it is, you know, just like uh, indoors, outdoors, Inside, outside, whatever it is, I'm here to take your mind off that. What I'm going to do is create a safe place or deliver a safe place. Though I know I have socks on the brain. I feel like I just did, and I've done multiple episodes about socks before. But I got a safe place. It could have, you know, this could, we could have those, any of those socks you might need. Uh, the, 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 we do like, uh, yeah, I'd say, well, we got extra socks here at our safe place. Which would you choose? Also, we re, you know, maybe there's going to be the sock and human reunion that the, uh, I don't know, was that the, uh, that wasn't the Everly Brothers. Was that Simon and Garfunkel or just Simon that sang that? Uh, the old sock and human reunion. I don't know, will that be what tonight's episode's about? I, I thought, it would, no, no, tonight's episode's about the good place. Uh, but so I'm going to send this uh, to deliver the safe place. One way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I'm going to go off topic for sure. So uh, get distracted, filler words, nonsense, inco- you know, incomprehen- inconceivable and incomprehensible. Uh, flawed logic, my, even my illogical parts are, they say, I'm, illog- I'm illogical and flawed. I have both those things going for me. Those don't go well, like, uh, like uh, yeah, they don't go well in profiles. I think I talked about other stuff on there. Don't put flawed, even though everyone is. Uh, maybe, I would, maybe, I don't know. I never tried that. Illogical, though, I haven't tried that one either. Maybe I should test that out. So those are a couple things. Uh, also, what was I talking? Oh, so oh, those are techniques. So here, here's the thing. If you're new, hi, how you doing? I'm glad you're here, and I wanted to talk to you, is particularly if you're new, because this podcast is very different than most every other podcast in existence and most other things in general. So I wanted to get you familiar. Because So one, if you're, if you're feeling that way, you say, what is this thing? Or I'm not sure if I like this thing. That is a perfectly normal thing. Or when, like, uh, I'm here. I don't want to try to put your fears at ease or your, uh, like, agitation because that's just a common thing that most people feel when they first start listening to the show. 
And I'm not trying to talk you out of those feelings because they're normal. Skeptical? Of course you'd be skeptical. This is a podcast to put you to sleep. Why wouldn't you be skeptical? And then you say, and you're kind of just talking about nonsense. So if you're having any of those feelings, even strongly, uh, I'll give you some information to go on. But I just want to let you know that's cool. Uh, you're having a totally normal reaction. And just see how it goes. And, and the best way to do, do it is uh, to try not to pay too much attention. That can That's one thing that could throw people off is like uh, to, to try to wait for this podcast to get to a point or make sense. Uh, that's one thing. So see how it goes. That's one part of it. Structurally is another thing that can, so almost like, a, like watching in an out-of-focus way or just barely listen to me. Or eventually you'll do that. Like if you become a regular listener, if you say, oh, wait, this podcast started working for me. Once I stopped listening, <laughs> the podcast stopped, started working. I really started enjoying listening to Sleep With Me once I was barely listening to it. That's a pretty common, because most people that are regular listeners to the show, which is like hundreds of thousands of people said, like it took two or three tries before I got used to the show. And then I became a regular listener. Uh, because at first I was like, uh, what is this? Or I'm not sure I like it. So if you're feeling that way, that's normal. Another thing to tell you about is the structure. And this really throws people off. It seems like it throws people, two or three people off every week in a very intense way that I hear from them. So I always try to talk about this. So, so show starts off with a little teaser, you know, how you do ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. Then there's business, which if you're new, not super important. Usually it's like whatever, four or six minutes of business. I don't know. Uh, then there's an intro. The business keeps the podcast free for everybody. Just a reality that I want the show free, but it's not important for new people. Uh, then there's an intro. Now the intro is like from about six or seven, you know, somewhere between four and eight minutes into the show till 20 minutes in the show. So about 12 to 15 minutes of me just rambling. Now, sometimes like the strong reaction can feel like that this is I don't know. The intro is just me trying to explain what the podcast is and not succeeding. Uh, but when people dislike it, they describe it as an infomercial or self-congratulate, you know, those kind of things. It's really just some friendly banter that, uh, well, well that's light on the banter. Uh, so that's uh, the intro. Oh, and oh, oh, you say, well, why is the intro 12 to 18 to 20 minutes? They say, well, because it, that's how long it takes for me to get to the point. That's one. But two, for regular listeners, what they find, like two per, two or three percent or two or four percent of regular listeners, they skip to 20 minutes and they go straight to the good place content. And then another two uh, percent are patrons. They get story only versions of the show. But for most people, they like listening to the intro because it gives them time to get ready for bed and to wind down. So the whole idea of this long, pointless intro uh, is just to give you a chance to, to unwind. And you could start listening before you get into bed or once you're in bed or as you're getting ready for bed. You know, kind of see what works for you as part of your bedtime routine. Uh, so then I'll finish the intro, then there'll be some business, uh, and then there'll be The Good Place. We'll be talking about the last episode of The Good Place. Holy moly. And then there's some thank yous at the end of the show. So it's a structure show. Kind of, as I said, it's a podcast you don't really need to listen to. And if you barely listen or kind of listen, you might have initially more success. But it is a podcast you could listen to because if you can't sleep, there's a percentage of people that listen to the show that can't sleep. 
I'm going to be here to the very end for you, too. I'm here to keep you company in the deep, dark night, whether you're awake or asleep. I guess it's that simple, to take your mind off stuff, uh, whether you're listening or not. Like a tree in the woods, uh, like I say, it does. Like I say, I'm, I'm uh, like not when the tree falls, but like, let's see, when the wind's blowing in a tree in the woods, no one uses that as a metaphor because uh, it's not so flashy, but I say w- if, if wind's blowing in a tree in the woods and no one's there to hear it, it, does it make a noise, right? And I'd say, I don't know, because that's a deep question, but I say that's my job is uh, not to worry about it. I'm just a tree. I'm, I don't know if I'm the tree or the breeze. I mean, I know I got the hot air going, so, but you know what I'm saying? I'm there, whether... Uh, you're there at a campsite listening to me and relaxing, or you're you're asleep. Uh, I guess that's I guess that's the kind of like I said, mishandled metaphors. That's another technique I use. Uh, so I don't know what my point was because I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, you don't need to listen to me. Like I just demonstrated that one. Uh, but there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I guess that's the flip side of what I was saying. I'm here to keep you company to the very end. Uh, and the reason the episodes are about an hour is so you have plenty of time to drift off. You, you, you Like, I want to take that uh, worry away from you. So when you see the show, you say, oh, I have plenty of time to go to sleep. Scoots is going to talk about uh, the podcast for 20 minutes. And maybe I'll fall asleep then, but then I know he's going to talk. I don't know, like, if who will start talking? You know, he'll talk probably about bow ties and uh, Buckets and Chidi and Eleanor and Tahani and Jason, Janet, Michael, the whole Soul Squad. Uh, probably, I would assume, but I, maybe I won't hear that. But if I do, if I'm still awake, I could listen to that. That'll be entertaining, trying to hear Scoots recap that episode. Or you might say, well, I don't listen. I don't watch The Good Place. I see you're even you're in for an even bigger treat is what most people say. Like they, when I do a TV recap of shows that people don't watch, uh, th- those work really well. Because uh, you say, well, I get to be introduced to some friends I don't really know anything about or have to pay too much attention to, but that Scoots likes. Like, could you imagine being at a party where people are introducing you to people, but then you don't have, and they're describing the people to you, but you don't have to interact with them, but you get all the benefits of that? Like, that's what that was. Oh, let me tell you about my friend Eleanor. Oh, boy, is she wearing, well, I don't know if it's a long sleeve shirt or a sweater, but she's sitting there, and it's not quite a rainbow, like a Roy G. Biv rainbow. Oh, and then there's Cheaty, like, uh, he does have a sweater vest on. I'm not sure, like, uh, like in, uh, and, uh, oh, he's, he's sitting there thinking, and he knows more about philosophy than the philosophers, because he's a fan. You know, of course he would know more. The philosophers, they might only know about their own philosophies. So, and then I get to my, you know, so that would be like, you say, oh, like, I don't know, that'd be pretty nice. You say, well, would I be floating through this party? And I say, sure, if you want to. Uh, so that's that. So, oh, so I'll be talking about the good place. That's the other thing. Uh, and, and yeah, but you don't need to have watched the show. I won't, I mean, I, it, it'll be t- tiny bit spoiled, but you ideally you're asleep or, you know, you kind of forget what I was talking about. Cause that happens to me too, where I try to avoid spoilers for like movies and stuff like that, or theme park rides. And then inadvertently I hear something, but then I forget it. And I say, I don't even know who that, like, uh, 
like they say, like BB88. Never heard of, never heard of them. Uh, are, are you know, BOBB8? Heard of, I've heard of them. I've heard of BB8, but that cone droid, I don't even know its name. Maybe I heard about that droid at some point. So here's a question, way off base: Was that droid in Wally? Like, uh, it's been a while since I watched Wally. But I wonder if there was any shout-outs from the, the latest Star Wars movie in Wally. I don't know why. That just popped in my head. Because it, it was from somewhere. Like that cone droid. The droid, I don't know if you saw that movie. And I've talked about it way too many times about, uh, I don't know what R2 did. They said, you know what, we're going to cut. They, they Maybe they had like a script supervisor that, like, that they brought in from corporate. And they said, yeah, we got to slash 20% of the budget off this movie. And they said, well, we don't know how we're going to do this in a way that works for And the script supervisor said, give me all the characters whose names start with R. Uh, and they said, okay, Rose, R2, uh, maybe other. They, and then the script supervisor, that's good. Okay, let's uh, cut their most of their. But what parts of the movie are they in? And they said, okay, now they'll be at the base. Uh, just being at the base. What will they do? Because they were big parts of, you know, they're big part, both big parts of the lore of the films. And they said, yeah, well, they'll be at the base. That's an important place for both of them to be. And they then they would say, Scoots, weren't you talking about the cone, the droid with the cone? They'd say, I'm not sure it was a cone because it wasn't. But yeah, that droid, I've seen it. I've seen that droid somewhere before. And I don't know if it was in a trailer or a dream or Wally or another film. But I, when I saw that, I said, I've seen you somewhere before. And the droid said, you know, made a droid noise that I can't make on a sleep podcast. Like, what, what about, this wasn't any droid, in the, but the droids that go, like, that's one of the noises, like, that little droid makes on the ground. Probably was in one of these movies, too. But, you know, that's the sign of me. It's pee-pee. It uh, that's a, like I always I don't know like uh, it just feel good maybe this episode will come out around May the fifth I doubt it but I already talked about R two for like twenty minutes but I didn't think of that thing I said wait a second R two and Rose both start with R uh, Kylo Ren but that's you say well no we're just going by first names uh, who who are some of the other characters how can I not th- Ro, Ro, Ray but they say well okay. Uh, I don't know any of the, like, all their other names escape me. Right this second. Poe, well, okay, Poe, uh, Poe, Finn, Chewie, C-3PO, like I said. Okay, so anyway, back to the sleep podcast that I make. But I think I figured that out. I mean, I don't want to do, I mean, I, I like, there's a lot of, like, uh, consternation about what happened to Rose in R2. And I think I just got to the bottom of it. And you won't hear that in any Star Wars. I mean, you'll hear the stuff of like what, ha- what, you know, other theories, but that's probably the most likely theory. They said, huh? They said, give me a script. Okay. Well, what, 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 how, what changes did you make? Don't worry about it. Well, I just picked, you know, a name, a letter of the alphabet having to be R. So, okay. So where was I? It was off topic. Oh, it's a podcast you don't need to listen to. How the heck did I get, I started talking about that droid. Where did that come out of? I mean, but, oh, I did forget to say, I know you from somewhere. If I met that droid, and the droid would say, of course you do. I mean, whatever language it speaks, uh, when we interpret it, it would say, of course you do. I was in one of the, you know, big Star Wars movies. 
And I say, no, no, it was before that. Say, huh, like in your imagination? Mm, I don't think I'm that creative. Uh, Well, really, I'm just a cone with a wheel. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm not big on making drugs. Are you sure you were, were you in Wally or someone like you? Shouldn't you know the answer to that question? I mean, I should, but I'm, that's what I'm asking. I said I know you from somewhere. Do you think it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, or someplace more recent? I don't know, but I got to get back to these regular listeners and the new listeners. So here's the thing: I think I made it clear. This is a podcast you don't need to listen to. No pressure to fall asleep. Uh, I make the podcast because I've been there, tossing and turning. Like, I know how it feels, and I really do believe you deserve a good night's sleep. And I'm hoping to provide that in any way I can. Because uh, they think it would just be nice, right, for you to get a good night's sleep. I work very hard on the show. Uh, I greatly appreciate you coming by and checking it out. And, uh, you know, I yearn and strive to help you fall asleep. Uh, so thanks again for coming by. And if you're a regular listener, these are the ways we're able to keep this podcast uh, free for you. All right, everybody, Scoots here, and this is it, the final. It's not our final episode of The Good Place because we still have to do uh, season two, uh, but it is the uh, series. This is our coverage of the series series and season four finale uh, of The Good Place. Uh, Good Place, uh, season four, episode 13, whenever you're ready. And I got all my coverage here. We'll see if I could do this in one episode. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, it opens with Michael, uh, on a, like, a, with a reel to reel recorder, attempt 803 of the new project. Uh, and he's recording some music, uh, riding on a gooey, gooey, groovy way, uh, wave of love. I'm going for a cosmic ride. Surf the freaky purple vibes of love. The marshmallow cat is inside. So definitely 60s, 70s folk uh, storytelling, purple dragon groove. But then Michael says, what am I even talking about? Uh, and he's kind of not happy with how the songwriting's going. Also, he has a, like, a, we see pictures on the wall. Jason and the rest of the Soul Squad are on the wall where originally it was just Doug for set. Uh, he has no tie on. Uh, probably other things. Oh, I supposed to pause it there, uh, to see what else is on. Well, it's just a soul squad and a couple books. No tie, pocket, square, spiral, notebook, and pen. He's trying to figure, or Janet, he's trying to figure out the E chord. Uh, let's see. Trying to figure out the E chord. Uh, cool. Let's see. Janet shows up. She says, I could make it, you know, self-playing guitar. That's what, uh, some people want. And he's like, I want to do stuff without afterlife magic, but you know, n- you never know. Then she says, we got to go. Uh, and he says, cool. Uh, or I think he says, he says, okay. And there's a Jeremy Baramy clock. It kind of has, it's like a little bit like a small world after all. It's a funky mechanical clock. It looks like it has some uh, buildings and some, what are those things called? Ferris wheels. Uh, Michael says, where does the time go? And then they go, him and Janet go through the green door. Uh, Let's see. And uh, I think Michael was saying, you've been singing a little bit. Then they go, Chidi's teaching, uh, what does it say? 
Oh, wait, let's wait. Well, the problem is I have, I mean, like, this episode was not available, uh, so my pausing is going to be a little bit uh, different this time. Uh, but GD's teaching afterlife ethics. Uh, Professor May, I think that's Todd May. Uh, oh, yeah, Todd May, who's, uh, like, uh, his book probably came up in another thing. Uh, let's see, let me pause it. There's so many things going on here. Jeremy, bear me, like, where's the time go? Green door to class, Cheedy. Oh, I was trying to map out how many people were in Cheedy's class. Jason's there. Uh, then there's three people kind of like, uh, behind Jason to one side. Then there's a couch with Eleanor, Tahani, and another teacher. Uh, then there's a chair with someone in it. Uh, then there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine or so people in the background taking this class. Oh, and Chidi's teaching Afterlife, Afterlife Ethics 101. Uh, Todd May's book, uh, Big Farm, is on the big board. And it's definitely worth pausing. Let me see. I can't pause because I like usually I use the this NBC like just didn't make this episode available, and they have like a really good app uh, for pausing and stuff. But I'm watching this just on my regular DVR uh, thing, Majig. But yeah, there's other things on there about Big Farm and Thomas Nagel and other on the chalkboard, uh, and they're debating stuff. Uh, uh, I think Eleanor tells Todd made a check himself. Uh, oh yeah, one forty-one chalkboard. Then they talk about the trolley professor. Yeah, she says check yourself, Rando. He says, "Oh, it's my book." Uh, Chidi does tell him to check himself anyway, kind of. Uh, uh, professor, professor, here, 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 know me. Here, know me. Will be teaching the trolley problem. Uh, there's some jokes about that. Uh, uh, then um, Michael says, Chidi, ready to roll, buddy? Uh, he does. I don't think he says buddy, but then they go. They're in the Dorman Hub. There's a sign, that I think, that says Dorman Hub. They go through the green door. Oh, Bernard Williams is also on the chalkboard. Uh, Borges uh, and Chang uh, Su, it looks like. Uh, uh, I don't know. I can't because I can't pause it. Uh, um, but yeah, they go through, they're in the bridge world, Dorman hub, busy. It's busy. There's cool sign over the door hub. At first there was an overhead shot, a shot. Uh, this is Jeff. I thought there was 35 frogs, uh, but it ends up here. It's 322 and then 323. Cause there's lots of frog stuff. But then there's also a sign for, uh, frog parking only. There's also a built-in sign for an IHOP, uh, 25 at least on the left. Oh, 25 frogs at least on the left side of his desk uh, that I could count. Then there's a joint council meeting. Uh, let's see what happens there. Talking about the leftovers, uh, update, new humans coming in. Zora Neale Hurston, Roberto Clemente, Thomas Aquinas. Uh, where's the beef lady? Uh, let's see. Joint council meeting, good place. Uh, compl- compliment. Oh, the the guy that compliments Michael on the robes in the previous episode was there. Uh, lots of pens and pads on the table. They have kind of blue reports or folders they're working out of. Uh, 
And then Sean, well, I don't know if I'm correct. Sean says ever, 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 ever. Uh, I counted 10, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 26 times. Uh, let's see, like uh, these transcripts I have. Uh, well, if you count never, let's just count the ever. So 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. They have, okay, let me see the uh, closed captioning. Come on, admit it, Sean. Okay, ne- 1, 2, 3, 4. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. But that might have been like I don't know. That might have been off. Uh, then the episode opens. The final chapter. The final chapter is called. Then two thousand two hundred forty-two. Jeremy Baramis later. Uh, we catch up with uh, Jay and Jay, Jason and Janet in bed. Uh, Jason, the striped uh, duvet and pillowcases. Janet's in purple PJs. Uh, Jason's got a tank top on. Uh, it looks like they had a glass terrarium on their nightstand. Wing buckets on the headboard. Jason says, "I gotta go." He's trying to break. Uh, he's trying to uh, uh uh, outscore his dad at first. That's what I thought. He said, I got to go beat my dad in uh, football. Uh, but I think it was meet my dad because he's trying to play the perfect game of uh, Madden, which he does successfully. Uh, his dad cheers him on in a really loving way. After 433,000 tries, he did it. A perfect game of Madden. And he says, oh, that's my boy. Holy cow, that's my boy. And Jason's happy. He says, I did it. I can't believe I did it. Uh, they were at the Jag, Jab Sections, well, Jaguar Stadium, it looked like. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, there was, like, stats and everything. Uh, stadium goes wild. Then zoom on Jason. He's setting up dinner. Uh, for him and Janet, he's got acid washed jean shorts on and kind of like a camo sweatshirt tee. Uh, candles, two kinds of glasses, Janet's face during the scene. Again, this is like, a, you know, like the acting is just so high level. Uh, so if you watch Janet's face, as things sink in as, and she says, oh, dip. And he says, yeah, uh, time to go. They go to the Old Town Big Square, and Jason says, Big news, everybody. And Jason's so chill. Michael's sad. Uh, and, uh, like, at first, you know, everybody, like, everybody's a little stunned. And Janice says, you know, we're going to have a party, eat, drink, and dancing. And, and, and you know, my, J- Jason says, it's okay to be sad. Uh, he goes, this is the same look my teachers had on their faces. Uh, and he goes, let's be happy. Well, I'm going to play DJ, EDM music. It's going to be great. And then they go to the party, and DDR is playing, which is Dance Dance Resolution, right? Or Revolution. I think Dance Dance Resolution. I tried to look it up last week, and I forgot. Uh, Doug Forsett is there as his picture version from the 70s or whatever, not the Doug Forsett we had met uh, 
and he loves uh, chicken wings. Doug Forsett does. There's also there's a lot of onion rings, solo cups. So he's in his original young body. Uh, let's see, Michael and Janet kind of talk about their feelings and making sure to see how Janet feels. Uh, but Janet says, geez, I know this is the right time, right? It's the right time for him to go. Uh, PB and J, and that's it. Oh, that's like one of the restaurants we see. Oh, DJ Music, Dance Crew. There's like, It looks like Jason's Dance Crew is like about 16 people. And Jason, Doug's very happy. Uh, the Soul Squad's minds are blown so watching Jason dance and his crew. And they do have great moves. Uh, uh, so their minds are, should have been blown. Uh, they put Jason up on his shoulders. He says, geez, that was special. Uh, I'll never, he says, I'll never forget tonight until I, you know, I dissolve into the universe. And she says, geez, how, how did you know? Uh, like, how, how do you know uh, it's the right time? I don't know if Eleanor was there, too. Eleanor has, like, oh, Chidi and Eleanor are snuggled on the couch, yeah. And they have, uh, Eleanor does have kind of a semi-rainbow coat on, or rainbow sweater, long sleeve tee. And what else, uh. I don't think it's a full Roy G. Biv rainbow, but he says, he said, I don't know. It's not like I heard a bell. I just had this calm feeling in me. Like the air inside my lungs was the same as the air outside my body. Peaceful. Like when you have a perfect jalapeno popper. Uh, then he says, what about Janice, Janet forgetting me? He goes, I don't mind if she falls in love, particularly if it's Jason Momoa or Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Uh, but, uh, they say he makes her necklace. They say, don't worry, she's not going to forget about you. Even if she could, she would never do that. Uh, uh, then, let's see. Yeah, so that that was a great scene. Uh, perfect games. Oh, no, that's back. Sorry, going backwards order here. Uh, then, is this what's next? Oh, no. I'm missing some notes here, I think. Uh, I guess, well, I just didn't write down, like, uh, they have, like, uh, Donkey Dog makes a speech about Jason saying, you know, I'm going to meet miss you, and he was as much a dad for me as I was a dad to him. So he says, uh, thanks for being a great dad, son. Uh, then Eugene Cordero from The Mandalorian uh, is there as Pillboy. And he says, geez, Jason, he makes a bunch of good jokes, also talks about how much he cares about Jason. Uh, then Jason and Janet go out to the, this is the first time we see how you transfer over. It's like this peaceful forest scene with this little um, uh, archway with, made of trees and branches. And they're holding each other's hands. So she says, geez, you could sit here for a minute. Uh, uh, you can sit on the bench as long as you want. And then when you're ready to go through, he says, Jane, I love you. She goes, I love you too. And he says, I had made you something, but I can't find it. I don't know if a squirrel, you know, so when you're married to Aquaman, it was a magical squirrel probably took it. And she goes, well, I'll never forget you. And she goes, as a matter of fact, like, uh, you'll never even be gone. Cause she goes, I don't experience time the way you do. I love all times at once. And Jason talks about 
It was like just funny Jason stuff. Uh, and uh, she, he goes, can you just remember the good stuff? And she goes, it was all good, man. Uh, it was all good. And then uh, Janet walks off and Jason sits down and then there's an ad, I believe. Then the next scene is 323.6 Jeremy Baramis later. And Ron Swanson's teaching Tahani about furniture design. She has overalls on. He says, I have nothing left to teach you. And I'll try to pause it here or rewind it or something so I can go through her to-do list. Uh, uh, and then uh, so I think Janet comes. She goes, that thing happened. Uh, and then they go to Camilla. So I thought it was that Camilla arrived, but it's really her mother and father. Uh, so then, uh, uh, her and Camilla, we'll, we'll get to that part. Uh, cause she says, geez, I never even had lunch with mom and dad. Uh, you know, I've only sat in the same room as them as if them eating lunch. Uh, and actually then the parents come and the parents are very, they say, geez, we love you so much. We're so sorry. Uh, we're endlessly sorry. And, uh. Neither Camilla nor uh, Tahani could believe it. Uh, but here we go. We're getting close to uh, Tahani's uh, to-do list here. Oh, wait, there's commercials because I'm watching it on a regular DVR here. Yeah, but we got to roll with this, right? You know, we do what we do just so we can do what we do or whatever. Okay, so we have uh, Triple Axel. That was one she did. Nine hundred nine thousand. Like 348, uh, land a triple axle, uh, resolve, resolve the Poincare conjecture. That was 9,359, uh, perform Il Dolce Sunino from Luci, some opera stuff, uh, burp the alphabet, become a master woodworker, uh, pave a driveway. Great, great break, Graham Gooch's record of 456 runs in a single test. Uh, master conducting orchestra, master conducting train, uh, beat MG, NBA Jam on the All-Star, free solo, the Colossus Arose, uh, uh, fix that Jesus fresco, the lady messed up. Uh, so And she had paved her driveway, so she had that going for her. Oh, th- yeah, so then that thing happened. Uh, that's what she says. Uh, Janet says, uh, really good hugs with Tahani and Camilla and their parents, too. Uh, and nice to see the two of them uh, have resolved things in the, you know, in the big farm life, uh, uh, become real tight sisters. So, yeah, there the parents have appeared. They're having a, a smile. Uh, everyone's arms are stiff, and now there's the big hugs. Oh, my darlings. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're pleased to forgive us. We're not perfect. And we've, uh, you know, they, uh, I think they're making amends and really looking lovingly on their children. And the children are like, we'll say what? Then there's a montage. I think that's about to start. Oh yeah. So they play croquet, family montage, walking arm in arm, uh, talking, a movie night watching Home Alone with popcorn in a movie theater at Brian Tahani's home. Uh, then Camilla's doing her, like a, a, some sort of oil painting. 
Aunt Annie's like, another set of flowers and teddy bears. This is a thousandth time they've given a millionth time. Uh, you know, we could get these if we wanted. Uh, and uh, then there's a moment uh, where uh, I think Camilla says, you know, I'm getting bored of uh, mom and dad telling us how much they love us. And then they zoom on Tahani's face. It's a moment, you know, big moment for Tahani. Uh, because she, she, she comes to a realization she's getting bored. And she, her mouth is just the right position in her eyes really well. Then she's splendid and yellow, and she's ready to host us a party. She says, I'm ready to go. Uh, and they're like, everything on your list? Yeah. Bathtub, a helicopter, other stuff, uh, backhand slice, uh, in my last goal is to spend a meaningful day with my parents, and now I've spent thousands of them. And she says, complete, she goes, I prepared a party for all of us, uh, cooked the food, mixed the drinks, made the furniture, repainted the walls, trained the pandas that deliver champagne. And she goes, I said goodbye to everyone else, uh, my parents, uh, B&J, they took it very hard. Yeah, but tonight's a party. And then you see, like, grapes and figs, uh, different, oh, it looks like that thing cooked in the, the pastry. Uh, then Tahani and Eleanor have a moment. Uh, uh, let's see, Jane J. Where am I? Eugene. Jane J. Hart necklace. Uh, yeah, I got ahead of my notes here. Oh, WTF faces. Uh, croquet high fives. Camilla and Tahani seem like their roommates. Uh, and then, yeah, the panda, the party spread. Then Eleanor and Tahani, uh, they're talking. And uh, let's see, they kind of say, geez, one of my things was to objectify you in a problematic way. That was Tahani to objectify Eleanor. Uh, she, oh, she finished Infinite Jess. I didn't see that list. Hold on, let me back up. Uh, what else did she have on there? That's unlike everybody's to-do list, including mine. Uh, let's see. Uh, write uh, something about... Okay, sorry about that. It's uh, Yeah, so how's everybody doing today? Eleanor's not in a rainbow. Well, she's in a sky blue shirt, so I don't know if that counts as... Uh, uh, let's see. Invent new musical instrument. Make a vegan dessert that nobody suspects is vegan. Uh, truly nail the Lisa left eye Lopez rap from waterfalls. So that's a good one. Uh, uh, and, uh, right to honey, Ajamil's Borges, Pierre Menard's author of the Quixote. Uh, I don't know what that means. That's beyond my, so she did 11,338 things on her to-do list. Uh, they really compliment one another. Uh, like, uh, then John even shows up and, and like says a quick goodbye really fast, uh, really funny. Uh, they talk to each other. Then Tahani sits down with Michael and, uh, they, they say, uh, like, uh, geez, like, uh, and, oh, and Janet, uh, uh, cause Michael says, geez, like, uh, the, like you did so many things. I can only do one thing. I'm the architect, uh. And it kind of talks about learning good guitar. Don't sell yourself short, Michael. Uh, Tahani name drops uh, Frank Geary. 
Uh, and then she says, you know what? I don't want to leave. Uh, and they go, great. And, and she goes, are you staying? She goes, no, no, no. I don't want to stay, but I don't want to leave. And she says, I want to be an architect and design afterlives. Uh, but they go, geez, you're a person. And I guess I didn't realize this till now. It's like, this is a call forward, a kind of two in some sense, uh, which is important. Um, yeah, then they go through the hub. They see Jeff. Uh, we briefly get a glimpse, glimpse of, uh, what's his name? That, uh, the, like driver, what was that dude's name? I probably wrote his name down. Brent, uh. He's in some interview about still, he's still stuck on trying to tell people they need to smile. Jeff seemed a little down. He has so many more frogs, but he just doesn't seem himself uh, when they see him. So yeah, Brent's in a brief debriefing center, uh, but it's not going great. We see architect design. There's a directory directory there. Uh, Glenn and Beatty. Uh, meet your new intern, Tahani. Tahani's like in a suit, no bow tie. Michael, no bow tie. Uh, and everybody's excited. There's like a lot of jokes with Glenn and, and Goo. Goo under the bridge. Uh, she says, I'll start my, you know, start working my way up. Uh, anybody want any uh, antimatter coming right up? Uh, she says, thanks, Michael. And this is touching. He says, I got you a little first day on the job uh, present. And so like the uh, peacock bow tie uh, that started out. And he goes, geez, just, uh, you know, remember me or I'll, I'll brag that I used to know you when you're the most famous architect in the afterlife. Uh, uh, then we go back to Eleanor. Uh, let's see. Peacock bow tie. Oh, no. Then there's Nad. And it's 661.7 Jeremy Baramis later. And Eleanor finishes that book, uh, working out the terms of moral justification is an unending task. Boom. Did it. 2000 Baramis to read that book. Uh, and it's the name of it. I don't like, uh, then she goes to gee, what are you reading? He's totally chilling out. He goes the Da Vinci code. And she's like, Hey, he goes, yeah, you know, read all the difficult books. Now I'm going to read, you know, books for fun. Uh, and he goes, do you think I could be a symbologist uh, if that was actually a thing? And I say, yeah, 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 for sure. Then they go to dinner, and it's at Tahani's Pizza Place, uh, perfect pizza place. So she even mastered making perfect pizza. And everybody's there. Uzo, uh, uh, Simone, uh, Eleanor's two friends whose names I don't know. And, uh, yeah, they're eating pizza. It looked like they're eating like a Supreme pizza, like Supreme pizza, maybe one Supreme vegetarian pizza to he to, to, to Chidi decides to order dessert for everybody for uh tiramisu, uh, which was interesting. So that, that's interesting too. Uh, but yeah, it looks like a couple of Supreme pizzas, uh, uh, then after dinner, oh, so Chidi orders tiramisu for the table. I think that's where I left off. Sorry, I got a little knocky-knock at my door. Um, yeah, so made sure, I had to make sure. Uh, but yeah, they can't uh, can't believe Chidi's ordering. Then Eleanor and Chidi are at the bar uh, together, like after this fun, fun dinner, kind of just drinking wine. And they have kind of like a little bit, they see, oh, that was fun, huh? Fun to see our friends. Uh, every time it's fun. They talk about something, then Eleanor just kind of says something forgetful, which there's a little bit of a beat, and then there's an awkward silence, and she just says, Shakespeare left. 
then they make some uh, Shakespeare jokes, but then there's another. That's when the awkward pauses, and she goes, "Geez, I'm tired. I want to go home." And they say, "Okay." Uh, and uh, they go, "Let's see." Uh, then she uh, uh, says, "I'm going to get ready for bed." Uh, and then Eleanor says, geez, I'm going to go out. I got to go for a stroll. See you in a bit. Uh, and Eleanor goes, getting forgetful. Shakespeare's gone. Uh, there's no C-L-O-W-N-S in Eleanor's place anymore. Don't think there's been for a while. But she takes the green door into Michael's office. His medal's on the wall from the last episode. And Michael's kind of singing about it. he's still working on a psychedelic Starbust and Stardust and Moonbeam Banana. And Eleanor says, Chidi's going to go. Uh, they kind of team up. Well, what are we going to do? Uh, is he ready? He's getting close. He's going to bring it up. So she goes, I need to, you know, sp- start a spark here. And she calls Janet. She says, Janet, yo, uh, what are we going to do here? Like, valedictorian. Uh, Highlighter bed, uh, something spiritual. I think Michael says, Eleanor says, Oh boy, I'll give him spiritual. Uh, uh, and then Janice says, Well, if it's Sheedy's time to go, it's his time to go. And Eleanor goes, No, no, she's desperate, like classic cheaty gray area. We just got to refresh things. Uh, and she goes, Remember when we first, our first month here, when we were all together? She goes, Set the scene. And Janet goes to, like, uh, original glory. She goes, no, like, when he visited it in college, uh, when he fell in love with it, and also the robe. Uh, so then uh, G- 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 Eleanor goes back to his place, but she's ready for bed. Uh, I said, well, it's good they sleep in that world, right? Because I wouldn't want to live in it. Like I said, that's nice. They always get a good night's sleep. But then the, she says, come on, Chidi, we're going somewhere, special trip. He goes, I'm in my PJ. She says, door will you know, take care of that. And they go into Athens and Chidi's, you know, his breath's taken away. Beautiful Acropolis, uh, uh, the Knicks, uh, it has a silent P apparently, uh, where the Athenians would talk, democracy started. Uh, then, uh, they talk about, you know, Socrates and Plato and the Agora Avengers for super thinkers. They talk about that. Maybe John Stamos, like with a beard was Aristotle. Uh, then they walk down like cobblestone streets eating cool, cool or something like, uh, it looks like some sort of Greek treats, a cool Kuluri, uh, and kind kind of, they, you know, they're just uh, like enjoying each other's time. Uh, she goes, yeah, this is a 20 year old me. And he goes, okay, this is great. Like, uh, why don't we go home now? Uh, and she goes, no, 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 we got another place. And she goes, Janet. And Janet, she goes, Janet, number two, uh, remember like hint, hint, figure it out. Uh, next thing you know, they're in Paris, uh, Chidi's favorite city. At first, they're uh, up above Paris in a great view. Oh, they also did a high five at some point. Uh, I think when they were talking about, oh, when John, Jan, John Stamos with a beard. Because uh, this is my favorite weather, too. Overcast and chilly. Perfect for s- staying inside and reading. Uh, at some point, Janice says, Jesus, is this where you wanted to go? Uh, 
And she goes, well, I was thinking Six Flags, but this is better. Then they go to the cafe that Chidi used to go to where John Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvier, Richard Wright, James Baldwin, Brecht all like hung out there. Uh, and she says, geez, we got all the time in the world. You could get, get, uh, uh, you know, sit wherever you want. And then Chidi finally breaks. They're, you know, they're having, uh, they have juice and, uh, like coffee or tea. And he says, I know what you're doing. Uh, and she goes, being the best girlfriend ever. And he goes, come on, let's take a walk. So they go out on a bridge. Uh, and he says, listen, uh, I really love you, but it's time for me to go. And Eleanor kind of starts to really, re- you know, uh, whatever those stages are. She goes, no, 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 I don't want you to leave. He goes, I'm not leaving you. He goes, but I have that quietude in my soul. And she goes, well, we couldn't you just spend more time here? And he goes, I've had this feeling for a while. Uh, that one day when we were with your with our parents and your my mom kissed you goodbye, rubbed the lipstick, kissed you, lipstick on your cheek, your mom rubbed it off. He goes, that was a moment for me. Uh, and I don't know why, and I didn't want to tell you. Uh, and she goes, well, but Jason's gone, Tahani's gone, and I'm not ready to go. And I don't want to, you know, she goes, this is like kind of what happened to me on Earth. Uh, and she goes, I like having you here. And then she kind of like gets him. And he says, okay, I won't go. Uh, then Janice shows up with uh, cotton candy. Who's ready for six flags? And Eleanor says, no, no, he's going to stay. And they see what's left, uh, you know, like, uh, be birds or Eiffel tower. And, uh, she kind of says, whatever. Uh, he says, why don't we go freshen up and then have dinner? I think Eleanor says, I have some wine. Uh, and she goes, you're fine, but I'm going to take a walk at first, uh, my old neighborhood and stuff, and I'll meet you there. Uh, but you see kind of a thoughtful smile and a sad, cheaty face. Then Eleanor's kind of at dinner waiting, uh, like waiting for him. Uh, and he goes, she's everything's on the menu. And he says, what are you thinking to Eleanor? She says, working out the terms of moral justification is an unending task. That's what I was thinking about. Uh, and he goes, you, 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 that's what you want to have for dinner? And she goes, no, that's the last line of Scanlon's book. Uh, and she, this is like one of the points where they make a point, uh, but it's subtle. She says, the whole point of the book is that... Uh, we should try to find rules other people can't reasonably reject. Uh, and the search for how to find those rules is going to go on forever. And she goes, I proposed a rule that wasn't fair uh, because it was for me and not for you. So she goes, you could, you can go, uh, uh, you know, you could go, I guess. It's not easy, uh, but uh, it's time. Then there's a montage. Uh, let me see. Is that what happens? Let me fast forward because we're at a commercial. And usually we don't have to deal with these uh, commercials, huh? So it's just a matter of maneuvering them here because they're different for everybody. Otherwise, I'd comment on those too. See, okay, well, there's two people like uh, in a living room. Now there's a Pinocchio. Uh, another Pinocchio. Now there's a Sonic the movie, which I, I did see. Uh, then there's an ad for a TV show, another TV show, Fran Drescher. 
And now back in Paris, arm in arm. Uh, the scene we just talked about, and Chidi's in the old neighborhood there, looking at his window. And Eleanor says, you know, this is the, this is the way it's got to be. It's time for Chidi to go. Uh, let you go. And a Chidi frown face. Uh, okay, then this is a party. Okay, so it's a party. It's just uh, Janet, Michael, uh, Chidi, and Eleanor. But it's a montage scene. And they're all laughing, drinking wine. A lot of joy, but, uh, like, uh, no sound. Uh, then we have the... um. Uh, sunset or sunrise on the couch thing. It's very, very touching, very touching. Uh, and, uh, you know, Eleanor says, this is going to be easy for me. So if you have a John Locke quote or a Kantian wisdom, throw it at me. And she says, well, let's go to e- the east. Uh, goes, put your wave in the ocean. You can measure its height, uh, the way the sunlight, sunlight refracts and, uh, Whatever else Scoot said, uh, you know what it is. It's a wave. Uh, but then it gets to shore and it's gone. Water's still there. Uh, you got to uh, hear Chidi say it. But the, the wave was just a different way for water to be for a while. He goes, that's, one, that's a Buddhist thing. Uh, wave returns to the ocean where it came from, where it's supposed to be. And they say, not bad, Buddhist, not bad. Uh, none of this is bad. Then Eleanor says, why don't you go, you know, it'd be easier if you just go, like, while I'm asleep. Uh, and so then the next scene is Janet and Chidi uh, in the forest, uh, kind of stiff-armed. Uh, they, they give one another a hug, I believe. Uh, let's see, it's zooming out of sunset now, not zooming out of Eleanor sleeping and opening her eyes. Oh, wait, there's a Chidi... Uh, Jeremy bear me like a Suchidi wrestling. Chidi is a sexy mailman for one full bear me calendar. Uh, kind of a professor Chidi look. Uh, sexy mailman Chidi. That's the first one. Then a sexy professor Chidi. Uh, then wrestling Chidi. And Eleanor kind of sighs. Uh, and she loves it. Yeah, now we're in the forest with uh, Chidi and Janet. And Janice says, yeah, you can sit here, and then when you're ready, go through uh, the thing. Uh, sit on the bench as long as you'd like. Yeah, Chidi's arms are stiff, uh, but he looks ready. Uh, he says, I'm ready, so he doesn't. And he, now he gives Janet a hug. Yeah, I thought so. And then he just walks through. And then we get one more uh, piece of uh, old school because Jason's just there. He says, oh, Dip, uh, hey, Janet. Uh, uh, she goes, what are you doing? He goes, oh, funny story. I lost you that thing, and I found it, but it was in my pocket. Uh, and I've just been waiting for you uh, to come back. You know, other Janets came, but I knew it wasn't you. And Janet's like, it's been a thousand baramies. And he goes, yeah, but I wanted to see you again. He goes, it was pretty easy to wait. I just sat and... Uh, it's all about the infinity of the universe. And she goes like monk and, you know, then, uh, and then he puts the necklace on her. And he goes, it's so touching. He says, looks good. Not a girl. And I think they kissed one last time. Let's see here. Jason skipping rocks, walking in the woods, uh, contemplating the universe. 
then uh, but then he runs after Cheaty. Says Cheaty, wait up. Let's see. He's putting the necklace on Janet. Uh, love uh, looks good. Not a girl. Yeah, he gives her a big kiss. And then he runs off. And yeah, I'm getting a little. Then he runs off after uh, Cheaty. Uh, and then there's another uh, commercial break. Uh, then it's three point uh, two two. Jeremy Baramis later. Uh, Michael shows up with donuts to a meeting uh, for that council thing, Majig, and he goes, "Hey, oh, go nuts for donuts or whatever people say." And the judge comes out. Looks like she just got done uh, exercising. Yeah, she has a Judd East Dillon of Lions t-shirt on. Uh, Michael Still's in business. Or, no, he's not in full casual, uh, but he's in uh, no tie. Uh, judge says, yeah, the, everything's going good, so we don't need to meet anymore. You know, Vicky's doing good. Your system's working. And Michael's not ready for it. He goes, well, what? I think Sean was right. Maybe we should start over. She goes, don't worry. Uh, enjoy yourself. Uh, and then she says, check out some podcasts like Radio Lab. Uh, there was an episode about how clams learn. Yeah, so that's cool that we got a, 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 what do you call it, podcast shout out. Uh, and she goes, now scoot. Uh, uh, then... What do we got next is a little, oh, Eleanor is watching her video of her and Chidi that Mindy taped. It's on a VCR, VHS tape. So I just want to see here coming up uh, what it says on the box. Uh, And she's watching it. Then she says she gets an idea and then she goes to Mindy's. And she says, she's going to need to talk to you. So Mindy says, Derek, uh, now Derek's been rebooted so many times that Derek's become, oh, first she looks at, oh, she had a bunch of stuff on her calendar too. She's, she just changed her month of her bear me. Now she's watching Cannonball Run 2 is what the, the box that the tape was in. That's pretty funny, uh. But it gives her an idea, so now she shows up to Mindy's. Mindy's reading a people, old people magazine. Uh, I couldn't see who was on the cover, but uh, uh, then Derek. So Derek's become like a, a transcendent being. Uh, he's got to go back into his nether sphere. 151 million times that Derek's been rebooted. Now singular point in space and time. That contains the space itself. Mindy's faces that she's making are, are in these scenes is so amazing too. Uh, so it's definitely worth watching for that as well. And Eleanor tries to sell Mindy on the idea of, uh, uh, she says, trust me, uh, forming bonds with other people is going to be, I want you to go through the system. It'll be good. This is my last mission. We're very similar uh, you know, our past, we're all, you know, we could have gone the same way and, uh, I want to help you, uh, get close to other people and try, uh, try to live in, in the world. And Mindy says, caring seems like a lot of work. And I said, yeah, I, 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 and she goes, well, I don't want to go through the system with some stranger. And Eleanor says, well, I got an idea about that. So then we see Tahani. She's got a bow. Does she have a bow tie on or no bow tie? Uh, Sean's really good. Uh, so Sean has a, like, uh, this might be Sean's last lines, but uh, 
uh, like, uh, Sean has a really good ending. Uh, but they say, yeah, uh, Tahani's going to be a great help. When she's certified, she'll take Mindy through the system. So the owner says, geez, go back to your old life, chill with the floating Derek, uh, and then Tahani will design your test. Oh, there's Tahani. She's in a suit. Uh, does she have a bow tie? Yeah, she does. Oh, she's wearing the peacock bow tie. And Mindy says, why not? And Mindy says, thanks for caring. This is another one. Oof, uh, she goes, it's really nice. Uh, she goes, I'm not good at, you know, you're really teaching me to take care, to care for myself. Uh, uh, so that was another uh, moment that for me was like, oof. Uh, uh, then Eleanor and Janet uh, are now together at the crossroads. Uh, uh, and uh, she says, Jesus, uh, when you're ready. Uh, it was really good watching. You could watch Janet's hands, the way Eleanor's moving. Uh, but she says, Jesus, when you're ready, just walk on through. Sit on the bench when you're ready, go on through. And uh, Eleanor says, uh, Yo, I'm ready. Uh, no, I'm not ready. I'm not. Uh, she goes, I should be ready, uh, but I'm not. Uh, then Michael comes in. First, it seems like he's acting out. He's trying to go through the door. He's trying to do... Uh, uh, he does his, 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 his a bunch, bunch of over-the-top stuff. He dances through the door, hides, because uh, he says, Jesus, I'm, I'm totally sated and complete. You know, I'm ready to go. Uh, and uh, he says, calm, he, he, he's just acting out. Uh, calm is washed over, blah, blah, blah. Then he tries to walk through, nothing happens. Uh, uh, Janet waves goodbye. Uh, then he dances through now sideways and now he's going to hide and they say, what are you doing? He goes, returning my essence to the universe is what I'm doing. Eleanor puts her hands on her hips, like with a child says, come on. Uh, and now he's hiding. He says, it's working. Bye-bye. Then we go to commercial. Uh, when we come back to the, from the commercial, Michael's still kind of acting out. And she, he, she says, you can't go through the door. He goes, well, I invented it. Uh, this stinks. Uh, he goes, how come I, he goes, uh, this isn't fair, basically. Uh, and he goes, Eleanor, give me a piggyback ride through the door. He, like, and she, she has to raise her voice and say, Michael, no. Uh, uh, and then she goes, we need to talk. So she sits him down. She gives him some real talk. Uh, she goes, Tahani's still around. New people are coming. Maybe work with Tahani. Maybe do something new. Michael says, I already did that. Uh, made new. He goes, I designed the ultimate neighborhood. It was a letdown. Even Doug Forsett's gone. And they say, thank goodness. Uh, uh, and Eleanor's kind of like, huh, well, I don't know. Uh, and Michael says, I guess I'm stuck here forever. Butter around and retire. Uh, and then there's a zoom on Eleanor's face uh, as she figures something out. And then she meets with the judge. She says, come on, judge. The judge says, cockamamie. She doesn't like it. Uh, but Eleanor says, well, then I'm going to go. So then uh, you'll be free of us. And she says, oh, well, okay, wait a second. Uh, and she says, she goes, like, you'll be rid of us. Uh, you won't have to hear, you know, you don't have to hear from us in, in, or anything like that. And the judge says, okay, like you do have a tone. Uh, so then we go back to Michael. He's like working on his guitar. 
Nellor comes in. She goes, Michael, come on in. Just like the start of the first episode. They go into like this, uh, uh, like he has all his earth stuff there, kind of like a museum, a bowling ball, paper clips. Uh, everybody's laughing, human something, something or other. And Eller goes, I figured it out. I figured out uh, with the door what we should do. And she goes, you'll never be at peace till you get the thing you want. Uh, and it was just this one, oh boy. It was, uh, and she goes, yeah, Pinocchio, you're going to be a real boy, an actual human. Uh, hello, sil- goodbye, SQID, hello, sil- Silver Fox. Uh, and they say, geez, you got to be, uh, you got to be sure about this, Michael, because, uh, this is it. And then you'll have to take the test and everything. You're going to re- live a real life. Uh, and you know, it'll be out of your control. Things could change while you're gone. Uh, so you don't really know what's going to happen. And Michael says, well, that's what makes it special. It won't know what's going to happen. Uh, nothing more human than that. Uh, and he goes, also, I could text people and say, I'm almost there when I haven't even left, which is like a typical human. He goes, thank you, Eleanor, thank you. And she says, you're welcome, or you're very welcome. Uh, then we're at the hub uh, with Mike. He says, hey, Mike, where are you headed? Uh, Mike says, where are you headed? He goes, Earth, uh, one-way ticket, though. And uh, he says, you got to be kidding me. And he goes, by the way, I got you a real frog. Uh, and the frog's kind of sleeping. Very cute frog, sleeping. He can't believe it. So then he says, you know who I'm going to name him? And Michael says, Michael. Like Michael thinks Michael. And he says, uh, what does he say? Mr. Jumpy Legs or something. Uh, he goes, you know what? I got perfect name for him. Uh, Mr. Jumpy Legs. Yeah, that's that was correct. My memory is correct. Uh, then Michael and Janet walk off uh, towards Earth from training. They're talking. This is real. Like, uh, she gives Michael all his information. And she goes, she's, uh, you know, this will be enough. Uh, and he says, thank you, Janet. Uh, she goes, you know, you're a human now. So remember that. Uh, please remember that. And he goes, I'll be okay. And she goes, I know, but I care about you. Uh, and they kind of do a hug. Uh, and Michael says, don't worry, I'll see you again uh, when I get back. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it's like uh, Janet's making some faces uh, that, you know, it pulls on the heartstrings when you spend this much time with the characters. Uh, Michael goes through the door. Uh, she says, don't take any. And then he's in total cash. She's in a dress shirt, jeans, and, uh, like, a running shoes. He's so happy, though. And it's a dry heat, wherever he is, probably Arizona, I'm guessing. Uh, then we have a commercial there. Uh, Janet's aunt, arms were crossed at the end. Uh, then we have Eleanor and Janet. Uh, Eleanor is in a kind of, not a Roy G. Biv, but a rainbow shirt. Uh, and uh, they go through there. She goes, you yeah, sit on the bench just like last time. And then when you're ready, walk through. And uh, Eleanor says, why don't you sit with me for a bit and join me? They both have a strange posture. Janice says, how about some margaritas? Eleanor says, you betcha. 
Uh, then Eller says, Janet, what are your top three moments of your not life with us? Uh, she goes, well, when you said uh, we should try to help other people on Earth, uh, then, then when we got to the good place, and then she goes, eight million way tie of all the times Jason and I kiss because he was a really good kisser. And uh, she says she wonders how Michael's doing. Eleanor says, geez, I'm assuming he's doing the same as every human. Then it has a montage of Michael at New Year's, good times, uh, times when he's caring for a friend uh, and to be being caring for somebody, then him feeding his dog, uh, whose name is Jake. <laughs> whose name is Jason and has a bow tie. Uh, somebody texts him, Bobby, who he doesn't get along with. Uh, uh, he makes a TV dinner that doesn't go well and laughs uh, so much. Uh, he takes guitar lessons. It ends up with, it's with his real life wife, uh, Mary Steenburgen. Uh, you know, she says, geez, I hope you just asked for help. I think that was one of the things in the, uh, and she, Michael's learning how to play guitar. He's happy. Everybody needs a teacher. Uh, messing up and trying again, getting things all wrong and making them right. That's what Jan, Jan, or Eleanor's saying. That's what everybody does. Uh, they cheers to Michael. And, uh, and then uh, Janice says, what do you think happens? Uh, it's the only thing in the universe I don't know. Eleanor says, I don't know, but... Uh, the wave returns to the ocean, she says. Uh, what the ocean does with the water after that is anyone's guess. And she says, well, but as a wise non-robot told me, true joy is in the mystery. And uh, Jan says, you mind, you mind if I stay here while, until you're gone? And uh, uh, she, like they make a comment about, you know, they, they make a like a objectifying comment, a joke Janet does about uh, Eleanor. Uh, Eleanor stands and hugs Janet, and then she walks through the door uh, very deliberately, and she's kind of starts to become a stardust, uh, more or less. And then we follow some of the stardust sparks uh, until we reach an apartment building. Uh, and like one of the sparks is kind of dancing around there. And then there's this dude checking his mail or first he's walking, then he's checking his mail and the, the stardust lands on his shoulder and becomes a part of him. And then he says, uh, he throws out some mail, but he finds a piece of mail from Michael. He says, wait a second. Uh, what the, what in the hay? Oh, no, first he threw it out. Then he decides to do the right thing and bring it to Michael, who's not in the same apartment building. He's at 12358, uh, the building number, apartment 322. He says, hey, this is yours. Uh, Michael says, thanks so much. Uh, it was for, like, the bar that Eleanor used to hang out at, uh, some, like a frequent hanger card, Coyote Joe's reward cards. His last name is Real Man, Michael Real Man. He says, thank you so much. Uh, he goes, yeah, no problem. Take it easy. And Michael goes, I'll do you one better. Uh, I'll say this to you, my friend, with all the love love in my heart, uh, all the wisdom in the universe, uh, take it sleazy. And uh, the guy's just stunned. And then that's, the, that's it. Uh, he says, all right. Uh, Michael closes the door and uh, our... our uh, relationship for i mean until we do season two you know we could always come back to these uh characters uh 
you know, whenever you want, but, uh, it comes to, it comes to a close and it was a beautiful, beautiful episode. Uh, so take, all I can say is take it sleazy, uh, take it sleepy in this case. Uh, good night.